0: This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who've already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. Today, I'm excited to introduce Chad Wallen. Chad is the founder and director of Advance Camp, a ministry that serves fatherless young men he and his wife have three beautiful daughters of their own and have had the privilege of being foster dad and mom to 13 kiddos. Chad leads his family in loving and serving those that God brings to them and is passionate about changing the trajectory of fatherless young men's lives. But Chad, I appreciate you jumping on the show today and look forward to learning your story and being able to share it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. So, Chad, you're working with a nonprofit, uh, and from my perspective as an entrepreneur coach, and having come from the the nonprofit world, um, non—I mean, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about your journey into into this non nonprofit entrepreneurial world. Sure, and
1: actually, um, so I'm the founder and director of it. Uh, we're based out of Texas. Um, Advance Camp is uh, the name of the nonprofit that we uh, mentor fatherless young men. We work uh, with these young. Should have if he was still around. Um, so from the entrepreneurial side, um, you know, we we moved to Texas from Oregon about uh, three years ago. So I, I was born and raised in Oregon, thirty-nine years. And me and another guy started Advance Camp there. When we came to Texas, we literally knew one person in all all of Texas. Um, we it was our realtor. Um, and so we really didn't know anybody here, uh, but we felt called to launch advanced camp, uh, really go after, uh, serving these fatherless and the single moms. And, uh, so we really, uh, when I say we, it was me and my wife, I uh, really pulled ourselves up our bootstraps and just hit the ground, uh, running. Uh, she's more of the administrative, uh, marketing, uh, I guess media marketing, that kind of side of stuff. Um, and I'm more the boots on the ground kind of guy. So uh, I call guerrilla marketing. I go out and hit businesses, churches, um, uh, meet people. Who can I uh, connect with to create resources, both uh, for our ministry and then also for the young men and the single moms? Um, and that's, that's really kind of how it started here. Is it literally started with one person that I knew in the entire state of Texas to where we're
0: at today. Nice. And so, what was the most valuable in making those connections? Um, I, I love the phrase. Everybody asks me, like, how do you how do you get to the
1: point of networking so hard? Like, it, I have people pull me aside all the time. It's like, what what is your secret to this? And I said, I live in a place of who do you know? And uh, they always they always kind of shake shake their head, like really confused like what do, what do we mean by this and with people that haven't been in like the networking world for much um, the who do you know story is you know you meet somebody that owns um a bicycle shop and we teach bicycle tuning and repair and said hey who do you know in the automotive industry or who do you know in the general contractor industry and they're like oh i know so and so and i know so and so let me get you connected and so that's literally the world i live in um I, I meet single moms to get their son signed up for camp i said who do you know that you feel would be a good donor for us or who could be a good resource for us or where do you go to church? So maybe that I can uh, connect with that church and be a resource for that church as well. Um, And so it's, I just live in this world of who do you know?
0: That's fantastic. I, I've, uh, I've only been been doing the podcast since July and literally the last question I ask off the air is, is who do you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who do you know that would make a great guest, Uh, which is of course how you and I were introduced um, from a previous guest, Nathan, mm-hmm. and so that's fantastic um, and and so powerful, right? Yeah. Because now you're tapping into other networks, and and every network you tap into, you expand yours tenfold. Exactly, because yeah. of everybody that they know. Um, so that's so so powerful. So tell me a little bit more about how do you how do you find these families, these uh, single moms and and children that you know fatherless
1: sure so it comes on multiple layers um so we're on social media so we're facebook instagram we have a website um, i have gotten some from literally all um but then also here in texas at our home base um what i call our corporate office uh, we have a have big lifted 1994 ram van that is tricked out like we've had a bunch of businesses donate it's got i don't know probably six or eight inch lift on it big tires um custom paint job all been donated um, there's a local artist here that don't that donated the painting of our logo on the side of it. Um, and we have a, actually a, a Ford Excursion, a 2002 Ford Excursion that matches it. Um, and we have a, a wheelchair lift van that's that's camel red. Um, that one's really hard to miss. So we create our presence in our town um, that we live in. And actually, if I drive into DFW at all, because we're about 30 minutes outside of DFW, if I drive into DFW, I drive it because you never know who's going to see it, right? So that's a big part of it. Um, and so these moms will see it, they're like, what the heck is this? So they'll Google us or, um, they'll hop on Facebook and find us and they'll tell me, it's like, I saw your van. Like I had to figure out what this was. Um, so I got, I've gotten them that way, but our number one way to find uh, single moms, um, uh, the fatherless young men is through churches and through single mom ministries. So we were actually originally birthed out of a single mom ministry. So that's always been a, a common target for us. um, We actually just launched in Florida two weeks ago, Fort Lauderdale area, Florida. uh, Launched our largest camp launch we've ever had. And it was because we started networking with a single mom ministry there, and just said, "Hey, all we want to do is be a resource for you. We don't want anything for you besides we're another place you can send a single mom to to have their son mentored." And when they they always get this look of like, "What what do you what are you going to do mentoring them?" I was like, "Oh, I mean, we teach them general contracting, we teach them plumbing, electrical," and so that just opens that conversation of them talking to their friends. So that's another way we get a lot of. Uh, our campers, our young men that come to campus. Um, the, well, as soon as one single mom finds out about us and they know another one, or they have a relative that's another one um, they start referring them to. So it's a lot of word of mouth. Um, but our main one is churches and single mom ministries. And nice. I just, I go right to them and say, Hey, this is how we can be a resource.
0: Nice. So now are these, uh, like typical summer camp, a week-long camp. What what uh, what's the model look like?
1: Great question. So we are actually here in Texas, our home base, we're a once-a-month day camp. So we pick one um, Saturday a month. We get together. This was, ours was actually last Saturday, so about four days ago, and we taught boat fabrication and restoration. We had a boat donated to us, a little aluminum lumacraft. and so we spent the day. You know, redoing the, the floor in it and uh, setting up all the electrical and um, starting to set up for the new engine in it and set up the steering. And so these guys learned literally everything. They learned painting, carpet work, uh, wood fabrication of like getting the wood flooring put together, how to do hinges, how to mount seats. Like they literally, it's, they had to actually do a little bit of aluminum work. Um, so they got to do it all. Um, and so that's what we, we just concentrate into one, one day uh, on those, those trade skills. So that's what it looks like here um, in Oregon and in Florida, since I'm launching those two, those right now are once a quarter camps. And so we're actually looking at Tennessee as well right now. And that would be the same deal. We go out there once a quarter until I find somebody like myself that wants to step in and do leadership. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's once a month as our base right here in Texas. Um, and that will be uh, the kind of rolling
0: um, plan or um, structure to it. Nice. So are are you hoping to bring in volunteers, men, men that can become mentors and become part of part of a unit of people that provides this training?
1: Correct. Yeah. So there's actually three different ways that somebody um, that we we hunt after men. Um, So we look for three different roles. Uh, One is a mentor and that's a, a monthly here in Texas, a monthly commitment. Um, and we ask them to commit to a full year. Um, these young men have a lot of men that come in and out of their lives, and we definitely want to create stability for them. That's that's a big part of it, right? So, um, uh, that's one way that a, a, a man can volunteer. Another one is becoming a product knowledge expert. So, let's say you're um, a licensed general contractor, and you say, "Hey, you know what? I love what you guys are doing. I can't commit to a a year of once a once a month camps. Like, I just can't do it. My my schedule's unfit." So you could be a uh, what I call a product knowledge expert. The third way to do it is being an advocate. So advocates I ask to come to one of our, our monthly camps just so they can really see and feel what it actually, what it looks like, how the impact is. And then they can go out and they can share it with chamber events, uh, networking groups, um, their their circle of influence on the social media world and help grow our, our awareness. Um, and that can even go from as basic as sharing social media to Going out and networking for us, going out and hitting churches, hitting businesses, hitting um, uh, avenues to to share our story. So
0: nice. So, so what's been your biggest challenge going from corporate or ministry job to to creating your own job in nonprofit?
1: Sure. Yeah. Actually, that's a great question. So, I actually came out of the corporate world. I um, mean, I worked for Enterprise uh, Rental Car for twelve years. Comcast for three or four years, ADT security for uh, almost two years. And I was always on the business side, which actually um really took a lot of challenges out of the way. Um, because that's a big one of of getting out there and creating awareness is talking to people. How do you go in and cold call a door? Right. And all those businesses I had to do it had to have great people skills. So I'd say my biggest challenge isn't the creating the awareness um uh verbally, um, it's the administrative side. I mean, I just I, that's, I, I, I tried to do it for a long time and realized my heart's not there. Your focus isn't there when your heart's not there. So I had to pass it on to an accountant and say, you got to handle this. I can't do it anymore. Um, but that's been my biggest challenge. Uh, you just got to know where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. And you fill in somebody who's got the strength where your weakness is.
0: Yeah, the value of, value of outsourcing or hiring are, are, are two pretty powerful things early mm-hmm. on in an entrepreneurial journey.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, how much is my time worth, right? So if I'm spending five hours doing a uh, an accountant's thirty minute job, like, is that really valuable for me and for our donors and for our campers? It's it's not. So I got to delegate where it's my weakness.
0: Absolutely. So obviously, you have a quite quite a bit of confidence in in presenting yourself, presenting this ministry. How did you How did you develop that confidence? Um.
1: I always joke with my wife that I'm a, a forced extrovert. Um, I, uh, I've done outside sales for 18 years. And um, I mean, when I get done with my day, I'm tired because I, it's, it's, always, it's always awkward um, to go up and talk to people still. And it sounds, you know, people are like, man, there's no way it's awkward for you to go talk to people. But it really is. Um, and I have to psych myself up before I walk into every single door, into every single conversation, whether it be on the screen like this or if it's in person, I still have to psych myself up. Um, so it, it really is understanding, um, of setting myself aside. Like if I go into a place to say, uh, you know, visiting with you, one of your listeners is like, man, you know what? I know Chad needs a place to um, call home here in, in the Granbury, Texas area, which it is, I could tell you stories that would make her stand up on your arms of what has happened, the doors that have been opened for me, um, like, like that, um. Uh, so if somebody's watching, they're like, you know what? I got a, a two-acre piece of property in Granbury, Texas. It's literally been sitting there doing nothing but growing grass on. And I, can, I know Chad could use this for his ministry. I'm going to donate it to him. And that's how I have to come into a situation like this is I don't know what's going to come out of this conversation. And I have to come in with the confidence that something good will come out of it. And I got to put my best foot forward. Um, I mean, that's how sales is anyways, right? But, um, but uh, that's how I have to walk in every situation is that you never know what's going to come out of it. Even if it's a no. Um, there, there still can be a yes somewhere in that conversation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. When, uh, when I learned sales, I was taught that yes, lives in the land of no, mm, so absolutely. If, you're not, if you're not in the land of no, you're never going to get a yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. So yeah, exactly.
1: It's funny. I go, I tell the story all the time that, um, I was, uh, I, I don't, I really don't like, um, like doing those booth setups, you know, set up your booth and share about your, you know, your, your ministry or your nonprofit or your, you know, uh, nutrition products, you know, kind of thing. It's like, I just can't do that. It's just not me. And I, the YMCA invited me to come down. Hey, just share with our, we have a lot of single moms that come into our YMCA. Can you come in and share about what you do? And I said, okay, fine. I'll do it. Well, out of that one three hour thing, I think I talked to four people and every single one of those four people were an asset to for advanced camp, um, two of them became financial donors. One of them be, ended up becoming a, um, uh, teacher, um, be able to teach a trade for us. And then that guy's wife ended up being a big advocate for us. So literally out of four people, all four of them ended up being an asset to us in some way, shape or form. And it was four people out of hundreds of people walking by that actually four people stopped and it was beneficial for that, for that moment. So you really always got to put your best foot forward cause you never know what that person carries.
0: Absolutely. And, and being able to be open to all the possibilities rather than you know assuming you know oh this person can't help us and mm-hmm. oh no we'll just shuffle them off yep yeah <laughs> versus who knows what connection that person can make to another connection um, yep and so yeah being open to to every person has has a god-given potential to to be a part of that and that's pretty cool
1: oh absolutely yep
0: so, so obviously character is a big deal because as a as a mentor to young men, your, your character matters, but what about mm-hmm. character in the business sense and in, in, in operating your business and in operating those relationships? Um, I mean, I, th- I think, uh, part of my character comes straight out of, um,
1: uh, accountability. You know, I, am accountable to a board of directors. Um, I'm accountable. I, it's so funny. My wife gives me a hard time cause I wear it so heavy on my shoulders, but I'm, I'm very accountable to my donors. You know, I'll, um, I'll go get a vehicle fixed. And I feel like um, they charged me a couple extra hundred bucks. And my wife's like, okay, but donors donate to help you out, make sure your vehicles are reliable to move their these campers around. I said, I know, but I feel like I could have gotten a better deal on it. I feel like if I would have spent six hours working on that car, I could have saved us 400 bucks. And my wife's like, how much is your time worth? <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, you know, uh, that's, um, uh, that's, that's a big thing for me for sure. You know,
0: well, that's important, and and obviously it 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 does make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. The, the character that you show up with um, obviously is going to represent what these young men are are learning, but mm-hmm. uh, but also what what represents advanced camp, you know. Yeah, people, one thing I teach my men
1: the one thing I teach my mentors here um, about is being uh, caught not taught. You know, we can tell these young men over and over and over again about not using. The lord's name in vain uh, not to be mean to one another not to give each other a hard time and then we turn around and we as you know uh, actually i had a mentor call me out the other day uh, at our last camp because i uh, one of the guys there runs a ministry for the senior care senior center um and i was like oh yeah he'll be uh he'll be being a um working in ministry with you here soon and he goes what do you mean i was like, oh he's, he works at the senior center he's like chad that wasn't kind i'm like <laughs> you know, so it's that being caught, um, you know, being caught doing the right thing and um, being caught uh, making the right decisions and saying the right, you know, the, the the kind thing and lifting each other up and them watching you do that. Um, you can say until you're blue in the face, but unless they watch you do it, I mean, it really doesn't mean much to them. You know, they get told stuff, all, all promises all the time that mean nothing to them.
0: Yeah, I think it's so great that you're actually doing a project with them because obviously hands-on you're seeing real work happen Mm and and how do you deal with real frustration how do you deal with it when when something doesn't go the way you expected it to Mm -hmm. um especially like a restoration or a repair or you know and that's that's where your your real character shows right is when 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 things don't go right i mean it's easy it's easy to have good character when things are going great (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, and it's funny because I go out and I talk to men about mentoring and they're like, man, I can't do it. I saw your list of what you guys teach. Like, I'm not skilled in those things. I was like, I actually prefer you don't have those skills because you come in with almost an arrogance. Like, hey, I know how to do this. I don't need to be taught how to do this. Well, and these campers watch that. But if, um, I, in Oregon, when we launched this, I had a guy there that was about 65 years old and we we're doing fishing. And he, he came up to me and goes, Chad, I, I don't know how to fish. I was like, perfect. He goes, what do you mean Perfect. I said, Hey, think about it. Like you're fishing with a 13 year old. You're 65 for one. You just made him elevated. He's like, I'm learning at 13. When this guy's learning at 65, I'm 52 years ahead of this guy. Right. He's like way ahead of the curve now. I said, but he's going to watch you get frustrated with tying the knot. He's going to watch you. How do you deal with not catching a fish? How do you deal with catching a big one and then breaking it off? Like he's going to be watching you through this whole day of not being a skilled fisherman. And how do you cope with that? You know, so you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That is definitely a, how do you deal with challenges like that? And they, they watch.
0: Yeah. So much more power in, in doing a real project rather than having a room full of people teaching them, Oh yeah. you know, a lesson, they, there's plenty of school and Mm -hmm. and school doesn't accomplish a whole lot, but you know, just working together side by side has, has so much influence and and so much power. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, not that really. That the 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 topics are good. Like I I, I said even before we started, this multiple la- multiple layers to advanced camp, and one of them is teaching those trades. But you know, one of the guys came up to me a couple camps ago and said, "He goes, what am I going to do? These these campers are sitting off to the side." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know. They're talking to mentors." He goes, "Okay," I said. You understand that this trade it, it's a conduit to be able to speak into their lives. I said, "These guys," I said, "There's they, they battle with identity so hard." I actually had um a camper in Oregon that went and set aside and I went and sat down next to him. So what's going on, man? What's the deal? And he goes, I got triggered. I'm just honest. I, I got triggered. I, my dad's a mechanic and he has totally pushed me off out of his life. He won't talk to me. He won't return my phone calls. He won't return my text message. And I just started getting angry because we're sitting in an auto shop. I'm like, dude, let's talk about this. So we pull up. He goes, another guy walks me.' and goes, yeah, my dad committed suicide. And like, I just, I don't even, I, we're here trying to like have male role models. And I, I don't even know how to deal with this because I got." you know, these dads hanging around with us and my dad killed himself. And so they pull these identities in. Right. And they, they feel like my dad was, so I will become, um, you know, mm-hmm. my dad was a mechanic and now he's a dirt bag and now I'm working on cars. And that mean does that mean I'm going to become a dirt bag, you know, or, Hey, what, what does this look like? like am I going to turn out like my dad and I'm going to have suicidal issues? Um, so it's, uh, that, that, Really, these trades, yes, they're teaching a trade. We're teaching in place of an auto shop. We're doing automotive there. They're going to learn some trades, learn some stuff, but they also – it it really opens up doors for us to speak in the life and and speak value into them and identity into them and that they're loved and that they have skills and that we're proud of them. Um, You would cringe if you heard stories of these young men. When's the last time they've been told by a man that that they loved them and that Mm -hmm. they were proud of them? Like it would, your jaw would drop hearing those stories. You're just like, "What is wrong with our world?" And so these guys get just filled with, with words of uh, affirmation um, at our camp, and it's while doing these projects.
0: Yeah, that's terrific. Um, obviously, just uh, twenty year in ministry background, so I get it. I know, I know mm-hmm. where you're coming from. I know exactly where your heart is, and and uh, and you're hitting, you're hitting a huge cultural need, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's that's so powerful and uh so what's helped you in your personal growth journey in in getting you to the place where you can run this nonprofit?
1: Uh, i mean i kind of brought up a little bit of it earlier um is knowing my weakness um and not trying to trying to work through it like delegate your your weakness um bookkeeping was not my strength it was definitely my weakness it also created like not a not the angst towards the ministry, but definitely like, man, this is just not as fun as I remember it being. It's because I'm sitting there doing the books. So I hated it, you know. Uh, so, want you know, figure out wh- what's, where's my strong suit, where's my weakness, and delegate. Um, really, the other big part of it is, um, and even when like I feel like things aren't moving like they should be, or I feel like they should be moving better, um, I really get blessed in some of the coolest little ways, um, and sometimes of really big ways that are like okay i am doing the right thing i am getting a confirmation that you know you being a ministry know that like when you're rolling in the right direction you see these cool things happen you're like all right i just got my confirmation i needed like the lord has just blessed us and um and so that's that's been a couple things lately that i was like man am i really doing the right thing here is this really happening and like i feel like it could be better and also poof um this um, this really cool thing happens, and it doesn't have to be any kind of gift. It can just be confirmation. Um, a mom comes up to me and said, "I haven't been able to get my son out of his shell in a long time, and your camp on teaching bikes just opened up his world." I'm like, "All I did is work on a bike with him." Like, and she's like, "This just changed his life." I'm like, "Oh, okay. I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing the right thing. Thanks for the confirmation, you know." And um, it's those moments that I think that really uh, continue to push forward.
0: Man, that's just so powerful. And uh, it sounds a lot like gratitude, right? Like recognizing how how has gratitude been beneficial to just keeping things rolling? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely.
1: uh, um, Yeah, you just have to sit in a place of gratitude, right? Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely what I have to reflect on often just to make sure that it's still there. Um, you lose that gratitude and um, I don't know, you kind of, I don't know, you don't quite get to the place of a black, black cloud over your head, but I don't know. You just, you just end up doing just the grind and no, with no purpose, I guess, is what ends up happening. So.
0: Yeah, I think you, you, end up, you can be cynical pretty easily if, if, uh, if you yeah. lose sight of gratitude. And- yep. Nice so so i'm going to change it up just a little bit obviously you and your wife jumped into this and moved to texas um what's uh what's your most memorable date um,
1: probably uh january i think it was the 27th of 2019 when we actually actually it became real um it was our first camp, uh, that we did as a corporation. Um, it was a battle back and forth because one side of it was, this is real. And the other side of it was, why isn't it bigger? Um, we had three mentors, me and two others. One was a photographer and two campers. And, um, one of the campers, uh, it's a whole cool, another story. It'd be for another podcast, (laughs) but, uh, this gentleman's in a wheelchair and we definitely were not prepared for that. Um, and now he's been like, he's literally, has been our longest, most represented camper we've ever had in the life of advanced camp. And then the other guy is one that's battled with um, some pretty, pretty rough identity uh, from stuff his dad's decided to do. that's ended up in incarceration and just sitting there, um, not knowing what we're doing, like, I'm like, what am I doing here in Texas? It was in this really cool, big lifted semi truck limousine. Like it was, it's literally a, a semi truck limousine. It's right. massive. It's probably one of the most masculine cars you've ever seen in your life. It was incredible. And sitting there and looking at these two guys, like, what are we? Who are we to to be here with these guys? And uh, we went and did blacksmithing, and they walked away with this uh, this this life change in them, and um, yeah, it's just been, it's really been the biggest turning point of, um, uh, why we do what we do, right. If we can change. And that was, that was really my biggest prayer is if I can change one life, like I did my job. Um, that was my prayer with Florida and we had 11 campers show up. I said, Lord, I want one camper. I'll fly out to Florida with five mentors for one camper. And I got 11 as my biggest launch. And so, you know, those two campers had just changed. That changed my whole trajectory on on why we do what we do, because every life, um, every one of these young men's lives matter to me. And um, it just, uh, it really created that, um, just that correct path moving forward. So
0: Absolutely. Well, that, well and obviously, obviously you, understand you understand the value of contribution, because your entire system and <laughs> everything is sustained by contribution. But, yep. but how have you been able to contribute in, in building this and growing?
1: So the big, my biggest contribution has been time because up until about, um, about 12, 18 months ago, maybe a little bit longer, I, I never received a dime uh, for what I did. I was working two jobs. I was working at advanced camp full time and another job full time. And I was you know, a dad of three little girls and a foster dad of two boys and head spinning right? And, and being a husband all at the same time. And so just a lot of pieces happening. And so biggest contribution has been time. Uh, for the first probably about, I don't know, probably 12 months, um, a lot of financial contribution came out of our family to make things happen. Um, uh, those are probably the biggest. And then during the 2020 year, uh, wisdom was my, my other big contribution. Um, when businesses that were normally partnering with us said, sorry, I can't, you can't come in my business. I can't come to you. Deal with it. Um, and I said, all right, YouTube University, here we go. And so I learned how to do blacksmithing. I learned how to do leather working. I put all my automotive skills to the test. I did all my bicycle tuning skills to the test. And I said, "We're not stopping mentoring these young men because isolation. No, I mean I, I hate to say it, but isolation kills. Right. And the suicide rate for fatherless already 54% of suicides, teen pregnancy or teen uh, suicides, they're five times more likely if for suicide if they're uh, fatherless kid it's like okay they're already higher risk and now you want them to isolate um like we got we got to push into this and so anyhow uh did a lot of knowledge a lot of research had to learn a ton in 2020 to navigate all that stuff make it still successful make it safe um still love these young men still speak wisdom into them so those are probably the biggest uh biggest contributions that we've you know we've had to do as a family um and then also myself individually
0: nice so, so what inspires Chad?
1: You know, it sounds funny, uh, maybe may cliche, but really, it's changing the world. Um, you know, people bring up um, homeless, and they say, "Well, man, homeless is my thing." I said, "Yeah, homeless is mine too." Man, incarceration—can we keep people up? Yep, that's mine too. Teen pregnancy and carrying—you um, know—carrying you know, carrying guns uh, illegally, carrying guns and dealing drugs. Those all stem from homelessness. Um, statistically, 90% of homeless come from a father's home, 90%, 75% of incarcerated come from father's homes. And I say, okay, so I have a heart for that change. I think in my mind, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, It'll take some years. You know, you got to get these young men who are speaking into their lives to start making those steps forward to minimize the amount of men going into incarceration, Um, men going uh, in a homeless environment because, they haven't had men speaking in their lives. So, um, it is literally, it's literally changing the world. Like what is it going to look like 30 years from now when these young men have had wisdom and love and confirmation, um, spoken into the lives of where are they going to be? Um, I mean, we've already put at least six guys on paths of careers because they, they came in and experienced our camp. And so what can we do to change the world? And it's, it's one person at a time. Um, you know, it's, it, Fatherlessness is never going to go away, and people are like, "Well, that's not very confident." I'm like, yeah. well, "Like, true you though. understand? It's true because of death. These young men have the right, have the ability to change their path of incarceration, and they have the ability to change their path of homelessness, and they have the ability to change their life on fatherless or of uh, creating um, teen pregnancy, but they don't have control over death." Cancer still takes people out. Heart disease still takes people out. It still happens. So fatherlessness is going to happen. I I, I keep saying I don't want to run myself out of a job, right? Like (laughs) I get rid of all the fatherless and I I get to go retire, I guess. I don't know. But it's always going to be there because of death.
0: Um, Well, it's a different ministry entirely, really. You know, because it's more a marriage ministry or family ministry that's that's going to stop fatherlessness. And so you're you're dealing with the children. And 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 obviously you and I both know the world's too big of a place that divorce and single motherhood is not going away anytime Mm -hmm. soon. uh, Now, generational. So exactly. Yeah.
1: So that's really what drives me. Literally, I get up every day and said, okay, now how what can I do today to impact these young men's lives for their future? Like it's lit- like right now I'm outside trying to finish the project from Saturday, which is working on a boat so I can take these young men fishing and it's not to go fishing. It's to be able to sit in a boat. I have, uh, a, an audience that can't go anywhere unless I want to <laughs> go swim and I can speak into their lives, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I get up every day. What can I do to, to put their life one step closer in the right direction?
0: Man, that's terrific. So what's been the biggest challenge of raising your family? and running this nonprofit balance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I know some people that's in ministry, um, and I've talked to their kids and there's, um, animosity towards that ministry. And I, 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 just couldn't let that happen in my life. And so I, I know balance. Um, um I work very, very diligently at that, um, both, uh, for my wife's sake and then also for my little girl's sake, of understanding that there's teaching them servanthood, um, also teaching them that there's a separation between job and family. Um yes, it is my job, it is my ministry, and it is my passion. Um, but it also it, it's not them. And so finding that balance between it all is it's really that is absolutely the biggest challenge um of how do I shut it off and how do I focus on my girls and how often do I talk about advanced camp and um what does that look like to them? What's the story that they're telling in their head? So,
0: yeah, being able to have boundaries—I don't know that balance is achievable, but but boundaries and protecting the things that are important can can be really important. And finding harmony, right? Yeah, where, where you can integrate your family. Like, obviously, we were missionaries, and, and our family obviously was living in another place. Like you guys moved to Texas, you're, you're living in another place, and and. Uh, for the kids, it was just, it was just home. They did they had no idea that like, <laughs> there was other options. Um, yeah. but as they got older, it's, you know, it was the similar thing. I don't want them to resent me or resent the ministry. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and not sure I, I did all of it the greatest, but, uh, made sure the kids knew home was a safe place and that we were going to, they could, whatever they couldn't deal with at church, we could deal with at home and we'd walk yeah. with them through it together and obviously you're doing that with, with these young men that mm-hmm. they can, they can share their stories and whatever they're going through, you know, they're loved and they're, you know, they're not alone, which mm-hmm. is, is a big deal. Right. And so. Absolutely. Good for you that, you know, you recognize it. And uh, I assume because, because it's a calling, because it's a passion, there'll always be push and pull. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. And I make a joke cause I, I, there's only probably about, five or six of the families uh, mentors that have families at home with uh you know kids at home and i and they say hey i can't make it i got you know my daughter's doing a rodeo event or my son's got baseball or whatever and i said man we're not here to make fatherless kids by serving fatherless kids like you you need to be a dad first um and so they they do what you just did they kind of chuckle they're like oh that's a good point you know so like I have no intention of making fatherless little girls at home because I want to go serve the fatherless. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Right. It's the character <laughs> part that you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we end up doing things that don't make sense just because we get caught up in them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's good. That accountability is important. Right. So hey, yep. all right, this is something I want to protect and I want to put this boundary in and I need, I need my wife to help me and I need my board to help me and I need everybody to, all right, this is, this is what we're protecting. And yeah, and, and and when I cross that line, somebody's got to be willing to say, "Hey, wait a minute."
1: Yeah, I <laughs> just oh, you, yeah. you
0: weren't going there.
1: Yeah, I got uh, I got a wife that definitely holds me accountable.
0: <laughs> that's good. It'd be challenging, but, but that's. Oh, really- I love
1: it though, man. I I tell you what, when she calls me out, it's like I know where the place is coming from. So it's very it's mass majority of the time. There's a couple of times I, I dig my heels in and then realize I was wrong, but. Uh, <laughs> But most majority of the time, like we're off to get go. I'm like, no, that totally makes sense. Like I I just didn't see that. Um, so it's definitely yep. good.
0: Well, it's good that you recognize that your wife has a great deal of wisdom to, mm-hmm. to lean into and and open to her instincts because yeah. they're usually they, if she's anything like my wife, they're usually right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's fantastic. So I know you don't have a lot of free time because obviously you're raising a family you got a ministry but what do you love to do in your free time um
1: i've picked up a lot of fishing lately we live in in granbury so we have lake granberries right here um we have striper bass uh crappie pretty big crappie we have gar um bass lots of options uh to fish here in Granbury. so i've been doing a lot of fishing lately um but uh really uh, I mean that's that's probably my biggest biggest hobby I, I used to fish a ton had kids and i was like i just can't justify getting away from the family all the time to go fishing so now i do it when they're in bed or sometimes i'll get moments where i'm lost like yeah you go take a break and so <laughs> that's a hint yeah exactly <laughs> you need some chad time by yourself <laughs> so, so that's that's really where my hobby is right now it's it's focused on on fishing um getting uh, time to just kind of relax on the wall. I don't even care if I catch anything. I just, I always joke about it. as long as my line's wet, I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard, uh, and I don't know if it's true, but I heard that Einstein used to fish um, and he did it without a hook or without bait. And people would be like, what? That doesn't make any sense. He's like, no, look, cause you're, when you're fishing, everybody walks by and they leave you alone. And if there's no bait on the hook, the fish leave you alone too. So you're get going <laughs> to be bothered by anybody. <laughs> Yeah, you're in the middle of reading something or
1: watching or learning something, and your bobber goes down. And you're like, "Dang it! I was, I was actually, I was doing
0: something here." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, what do you, what do you love to do with your family?
1: Uh, we actually like to adventure. So, um, I, my wife and I started doing this, and then we started involving the girls. We uh, decided to go on an adventure down to the Florida Keys this last summer. Um, we've adventured around. Uh, Texas, Texas is a pretty big place. So, I mean, you can literally drive.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, coming from Oregon, people are like, Oh, I drove across the state. I'm like, I had to take like two days to get across the state here, guys.
0: And Uh, that's going fast.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, our speed limits are pretty fast here, too. Um, So, we like to adventure. Um, We used to do a ton of boating. We had a boat and we sold it um, six months, eight months ago, something like that. So, we don't do that as much anymore. But uh, we're in a weird transition place right now getting a new house. and uh we're expanding advanced camp so that's been a big focus of mine and our girls just started a new year school and they're all in the same school now and uh creating that and then we just got a foster baby that he's two or a month old now but we got him at two days old so we've had him for about three weeks three and a half four weeks now i guess and uh we just have some weird transitions. So it's been kind of quieter Well, It's not been quiet around here. We just haven't been adventuring as much as we normally would. Uh, my wife and I are running on on E most of the time. I told her I have this project to work on. I told her, I said, hey, you know, I really should be napping right now, but I got to finish this project. So uh, yeah, it's um, when we get the chance, we try to adventure try to go find new places, go do new things. There's just so much out there that we still haven't even learned about. Um, so we just try to get out and about and do stuff.
0: All right. So it sounds to me like you guys need to find something to fuel up.
1: Oh man, that's I joke about it. I said that's why they invented Bang energy drinks <laughs> just to be able to get through the day. I'm not paid by Bang, they are a sponsor of Advanced Camp, but they do not pay me. So you, you can take that as you want. There's only there's a few
0: disclosures. <laughs> but we'll take more support for, for for Advanced Camp. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so you mentioned when I asked you about inspiration, you want to change the world, but what what is the big dream for advanced camp? Um, well, somebody actually spoke, she,
1: she said she wasn't a prophet, um, but she spoke prophecy over me before I left Oregon and she goes, Chad, you're going to plant in Texas and that's going to be your hub and you're going to be coast to coast. And I said, don't put that on me. That's a lot of work. And, uh, it is starting to come true. So big dream is, um, I mean, really to be able to reach the fatherless wherever. Um, So that, I mean, that can be whatever state Um, we're in the process of not, I I hate calling it a franchise because this just sounds so, (laughs) sounds so business, but um, you know, just creating uh, like a subgroup of advanced camp that can be uh, modeled to any church. So any church can say, you know what, we want to serve the fatherless boy or girl um, and say, we want to go serve them. And I can hand them the curriculum and the studies and all that stuff. And it can literally go to any church, any structure in in the United States. Uh, I haven't thought globally, to be honest. It's really been United States focused. Um, but right now, um, I mean, like I think I told you, we're in Texas. I'm in Granbury area. And then I'm, uh, I am serve a uh, follow this ministry in Fort Worth. Uh, with trade skills Um, we're in the process of launching our first camp with another follow ministry in east dallas Um, and then uh, the oregon one's going the florida's one's going in fort lauderdale and then i have a guy in orlando and one in tampa that wants to talk about being in two other locations in florida and then uh, beginning of the year i'm flying out to tennessee to look at the nashville area Um, so um, i mean it's the growth is a huge um, I, I don't know how to say it. It's a huge pain. Um, but <laughs> it's because all for me as a nonprofit, it just costs us more money. Um, right. but, uh, but I know that every time we expand, we, we affect another life.
0: And it opens more networks too, though.
1: It does. It does. It's creating those networks in those areas. So I, it's once again, man, I go right back to that place of who do you know? Um, <laughs> but that's the driving factor behind it. Like my big dream is to be everywhere. And so, my, the only way to get everywhere is for one to have the right focus. If I'm going to go everywhere to have a notch on my belt of saying, I got to this state and I got to this state and I got to this state, you're in it for the wrong reason. I'm in it for the wrong reason. I'm looking at it of, okay, there is young men in Tennessee that need to be served. There's men, young men in Fargo, North Dakota that need to be served. There's young men in Alaska that need to be served. You know what? Unfortunately, there's young men in Hawaii that need to be served. Someone's got to go to Hawaii for Jesus. Like somebody has to, Mm
0: -hmm. I might as well,
1: I might as well stick my hand up. Right. Right. So, you know, and people, cause you know, that's the thing though, is it's every one of these locations I open, it's for the right purpose of there is a young man's life there that, that needs to be impacted in a positive way. Hmm. And so it's just, it's expanding um, at the pace that I can handle it or that I can develop a structure and a curriculum to be able to handle it. um,
0: And it's to expand across the United States one step at a time. Nice. So typically I ask for words of wisdom, but I want to give you the chance to say what, what's your biggest need right now? Um, can, I,
1: can I give two? Sure. Okay, so my two biggest needs. Uh, one is um, I brought it up, uh, just kind of underlying comment earlier is we need a place in the Granberry area that we can call home. And it could be anywhere from one acre to put up a pool barn, so we can put equipment in there to teach these young men skills at a neutral location on um, a parking lot for our equipment. And it could be as big as 100 acres um, that we can do a shooting range on, an archery range on, um, that kind of stuff. Um, we can teach even more skills out of. So that's that's one of our big needs. Um, if, man, if somebody knows somebody that has that, that place that says, Hey, I'm not using this land anymore. I need a tax write-off. I want to serve the young men. I just love what you're doing here. Um, that is a big, big one for us. Um, I actually have felt that that's going to happen here in the next couple months. To be honest, um, what's on my mind is middle of October. Um, so that uh, that's out there. And then the next biggest thing is donors. Um, we need monthly donors. Uh, monthly donors. Uh, Once a year gifts are are awesome. That helps pay our big big lump uh, cost of insurance to actually make us function every January. That does help pay for those. But monthly givers um, are are the biggest ones because that can help us with our budgeting. That can say, okay, we know this much is coming in per month. How can we expand into Tennessee? Okay, I know we have this much coming in per month. We have this budget to go to Tennessee. We need to raise these funds. Um, In Oregon, we've been... We've just been blessed um, because Oregon. We're our goal was six hundred dollars a month in monthly donors, which doesn't sound like very much. I'm pretty stingy. My wife says stingy. I say I'm uh, I'm just wise with my money. She's like, no, you're cheap. And so uh, we we can sneak by. We can sneak by running Oregon at six hundred a month. We are at two twenty five in monthly donors for Oregon. So we're three hundred seventy five dollars back on what we need. Um, we've had other donors in Texas that are basically we're t- treating it as a missionary grounds. And we're we're serving Oregon by helping cover some of that expense for the time being, um, so that's a big one. It's, it's monthly donors. Um, our website uh, they can go right on there and give as a monthly donor. They can do it through Zelle. Um, we also have a PO box. You can send it if you want to do a check or um, uh, what is it called? Direct bill pay, I think, is what you can do, and they send a check to us. Um, so any of those ways. But yeah, it's monthly donors is the biggest thing. So go ahead, um, go ahead and cool. give us
0: the website. We'll we'll put it in the the description with the podcast, but go ahead and give us the website.
1: Sure. It's, um, advanced camp. So it's a D V a N C E C A M P USA.com. So you'll just click on give and it's, it's all processed by PayPal. Um, if you have a PayPal account, that's it makes it easier. Otherwise you have to create a login and password. So if you can go in there and change your amount donated, um, but it's done uh, processed through PayPal, um, uh, but then, you know, some people like to do old school with a check and that's, that's cool too. Um, but yeah. Yeah. We'll put all that
0: information in the description. So, so anybody that that hears this or sees it, will be able to quickly access that if they choose to. So that'd be awesome. Chad, thank you so much. Thank you for your heart for, uh, for young men. And, and, uh, I definitely feel like great things are going to be coming, you know, for you and for this growth, um, I have some some personal ideas and I and, uh, think we can have a, a continuing conversation, yeah. if not a chat. And so thank you yeah. for joining me today. I sure appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We have a free gift for you at advalue number two entrepreneurs.com. dot com. We've created a collection of the top tips that have been shared on our show for entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with procrastination, putting off the work until the last minute? well, you are not alone. Many of our clients start there. We are launching a new five-day challenge to help you take more action and make more money in your business. Each day is a 10-minute video lesson and a worksheet. If you take 15 to 30 minutes to do the worksheet, it will change your life in business and exponentially increase the amount of work you get done each day. Right now, it is only $27. It contains five of our best tools for helping you move forward. It can be found at addvaluetolife.com slash action. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.